So I did want to say one thing. Tomorrow night, we're having an event called Refined by Fire. We have 26 mentors that are going to be sharing things that life has taught them to young adults. Oh, somebody cried out. Um, right now, we have about 50 young adults signed up. Young adults... You do not want to miss this night. I want to encourage you to come. If nothing else, it's a free meal. Six six to eight. All right. Would you mind standing with me in honor of God's word? We are in Acts chapter three. Here we go. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came rushing to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, Why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I pray that your presence would increase in this place. Father, I pray that you would forgive our surprise at you healing today, at you moving today, at you doing things that maybe we thought you couldn't do or didn't want to do or for a hundred reasons. Lord, take and break cynicism in this place. Lord, we have titled this message Divine Healing Lord, you're the only one that can fulfill it. Have your way in this service. We will give you all the glory, all the praise for everything that's done here, God, that only you could do. Lord, we commit this service now to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
So the title of the message is Divine Healing, and point one is the place of faith in divine healing. So Peter says it's faith in Jesus' name and, and, and the faith that comes through Jesus that this man stands whole before you. I want to be real clear about something. We do not believe in faith healing in this church. We do not believe that there is power in faith, that there's some intrinsic power, that if we're positive enough and we get ourselves believing something enough, that we can make things happen. We don't believe in faith healing. We believe in divine healing. Faith is simply a window that, that opens up, that allows God It honors God when we open that window and it allows God to do whatever the divine mercy wants to pour out. Faith is a window that has to be opened up. 1 Peter 1.5, that we we are kept by the power of God through faith. Ephesians 2.8, by grace you are saved through faith. Faith is the window. We're saved by the grace that comes through that window. It's hard not to think of this passage in Mark chapter 5 where Jesus says to the woman with the issue of blood, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Well, Pastor Tom, there it is right there. Faith heals. It was her faith that healed her. Steady. Four verses earlier, here's what Jesus, here's what it says. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? It was divine power that healed that woman of the issue of blood. So in what sense was it her faith? There was a cooperation. Faith is this cooperation that Jesus could say, Your faith played a role in your healing. Your faith made a way for divine mercy and divine generosity and divine power to come and bring about the healing. So there is a, a part we play that honors God. Matthew 13, 58, it says, and he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. To not believe that God can heal or not believe that God is willing to heal today is dishonoring to him. God moves in atmospheres that honor him, that honor his heart, that honor his desire, that honor his promises. Here's what I want to get away from, though. The idea that we force God's hand with our faith, that that if if we put the right formula in, we're going to make God do something. No, God owes us nothing. God is never obligated to do anything. We are simply talking about a place where he gets to do what he wants to do, what is in his heart to do, a place that that we honor him by bringing faith to. But I want to encourage you, a mustard seed is enough. When you think of faith... Get your eyes off of your faith to the 
object of your faith. The, the, the power of this thing is having the right object. Let me give you an example. You've got a very stable chair, but you have very, very weak faith about whether that chair is going to support you or not. But even though you have very little faith, you act on that little faith and you go ahead and sit. Will that chair support you? Absolutely. It is a strong, well-built, well-built chair. Now, let's go the other way. We have got a broken down chair that is about ready to collapse. But you come to it with tremendous faith. You are, I am believing God. I'm going to sit on that chair. That chair's going to hold me. I know it is. I'm confessing it. That chair will hold me. Watch this. I'm going to sit and that chair's going to hold me. And guess what? You're going to collapse. Why? Bad object. It's not about your faith. It's about the object of your faith. So let me tell you an experience I had where I had only a mustard seed of faith. It's the spring of 1997. I had been invited by some friends to teach on the Mercy Ship. The Mercy Ship is this massive YWAM uh, ship that goes into ports all over the world. At that time, it was, it was ported in East London, South Africa. And I was going down there to teach a week for a discipleship training school, about 50 students. And so I go down there. Um, I'm not going to start teaching till Monday, but I got on the ship on Sunday. And so it's kind of a chance for me to be with the students a little and get to know them a little. And so, uh, well, they were playing basketball. There's a basketball court on this ship. And yes, if the ball goes over, the game is over. Um, and... So I'm a, I'm a basketball player, so I'm like, this is, this is just great. And so we are getting ready to play, but we only have nine people. Nine is a very bad number for a basketball game. So I find out that this one young lady is a basketball player, and she's on the sidelines watching, and her name is Rachel. She's from England, and, and I'm just encouraging her to come. I'm like, you, we need you. There's only nine. We need you. Come on. She said, I really should. I said, come on. This is fun. Well, five minutes after she got, we started playing, she collapsed, screamed, cried. We got around her, and she said, I knew I shouldn't have played. This is, this, I, have re, I just had surgery on this knee. I, this is the same injury, same knee. I hurt it. This is 100% my fault. I have created this disaster. I'm the one that made her play. I'm just, I'm horrified. And so some guys, some guys get a chair and they bring it out on the court and they, they get under her and they put her on the chair. And I am like, we need to pray, guys. When I said we need to pray, Everybody on both teams left. They just backed away. And I knew what they were saying. They were saying, don't, don't make us part of this. <laughs> Pastor, this is, this is all you. This is 100% you. You have caused this. We didn't make her play. You made her play. This is on you. And so I get down on my knees 
And I unashamedly beg God to heal this girl. I just beg. I feel absolutely nothing of the presence of God. I feel nothing in my hands, nothing on my hands. I just beg God to heal this girl's knee. As soon as I'm done with the prayer, everybody moves back in. They're like, where do you want us to move you? And she says, I think I'm healed. And she stands up and she starts walking around. She said, I'm healed. I'm healed. I went back to my room and cried. Now, it turns out with healing, there's lots of mystery around healing. Sometimes people say they're healed and they're, they're not healed. Or they, they thought they were healed, but it, then it came back. And, and, and there's just all kinds of mystery and all kinds of things happening. And because I know this and because I have experience with this, I am not going to ask Rachel what happened. I'm just, I'm not going to interview it. I don't want to, I'm just, I'm with her all week long because she's in the class, but I'm not, I don't bring it up again. So we're on our, I'm on my way home. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. The taxi's coming. I'm sitting on my suitcase. I'm about to leave the ship, and Rachel walks past. I'm like, Rachel, Rachel, tell me, tell me what happened on Sunday. And here's what she said. She said, uh, yeah. She said, I, when I went down, I knew exactly what it was because I, I had just recovered from surgery from that exact injury. I knew it was the exact same injury. She said, when you put your hands on my knee, I felt something like hot oil go into my knee. And I just felt this oil, this heat around my knee. And when you took your hands off, the pain was all gone, and that's when I, I thought I was healed. And he, she's, and and I'm like, and ever since, that, yeah, she said, from that time to this time, no pain, totally healed. How much faith did I have? Mm. Here's how much I had: enough to pray. I had enough to beg. <laughs> that's all I had. So that's point one. Here's point two. Don't pray past the miracle. Did you notice the prayer that Peter prays over this guy? Can you even call it a prayer? It's so short. In Jesus' name, rise up and walk. Can we even call that a prayer? I mean, that is the shortest prayer for healing. So we, uh, in 2013, in April, it was the second month of my sabbatical, my wife and I, Alice, went to Bethel in Redding, California. And we went to a healing conference. And the guy that was leading it, his name is Chris Gore. And he, he, it was an amazing week, but I, I will never forget that first night. There's about 450 leaders there, 
And he introduces us to something that we call now the ease of heaven. Rather than dialing up for healing, dial down. Let, just allow. Allow God in this place. Let the ease of heaven rest in this place. And uh, so I've got a, a, a story that I want to tell about that later. But we had Chris come to this church that December, December of 2013. He comes and he does this healing training on Saturday. And then we had a couple of healing services. Lots of people got healed. It was amazing. But one of the things that he said to us, he taught us was, don't pray past the miracle. Here's what he said. Prayer doesn't heal people. Jesus heals people. And he said a lot of times what happens is we pray and the intensity and the length of our prayer gives away the fact that we think our prayer is going to convince God. And he said God doesn't work on those terms. He said you don't, you don't, you don't have to pray long. If it's about Jesus, you don't have to pray long. You just pray with faith and let Jesus do what only Jesus can do. So we learned short. Short is actually better for healing. So 2018, we are, Nick Gibson and I, we, uh, uh, High Point has this great training of leaders in India. Um, Manohar, he was here last, um, our last missions conference and he spoke, maybe it was two ago, I can't remember. But anyway, we were with him, training pastors all over India. Well, the first day that we were there was a Sunday, and it was a church service in Mumbai, and it was being held in an orphanage. So there were, there were like 50 kids there, and then lots of adults, but this is like the poorest of the poor. And I was privileged enough to, to speak. And when I speak out there on a Sunday morning and it's the first time, I almost always preach on the theme of my ministry, which is one thing, the one thing. That, that the, 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 the great prize of Christianity is not something God's going to do for you. It's God himself. That, that it's not about what his hand can do. It's about his face. It's about who he is and that, that we need to seek the face of God. David said, one thing I desire and that will I seek after, that I might behold his beauty and dwell in his presence and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I get to the end of the message and the pastor comes up and, and he says to his congregation, he said, I've, I've been deeply moved by what the pastor has said today and I'm going to have him pray for me. And I just want to encourage you, if you want him to pray for you, to come up and get prayed for. So I, I pray for the pastor and then people come up. It's all, and it's all through an interpreter and, uh, and I'm just praying for people probably about an hour. And all of a sudden I get this feeling that God wants to heal people. For one hour, the poorest of the poor have not asked for anything except more of God and to see more of God and to be more devoted to God. And I just, so I I get the pastor, I say, Pastor, I think God wants to heal people. Would you tell them that? And so he says that, and I'll never forget what happened next. This lady comes up, very dark-skinned, and uh, 
and she, through the interpreter, describes what's wrong. And I can only describe it as fibromyalgia because she said, I'm, I'm in pain all the time and it's everywhere. It's all the way through my body. I'm in pain, severe pain. And I said, okay. So I'm doing the short prayer thing and uh, I put a hand on her and I just release healing, mercy, uh, pain, go all the way through her body in Jesus' name. And she just turns around and leaves. And I'm like, hey, hey, get her. Get her. I'm like, where, where are you going? She said, I'm healed. I'm like, no. No, 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 no. Come back here. What, do, you, do you mean you're feeling a little better? She says, no, I, the pain is all gone. And when she says that, I notice that my hands are burning like fire. And I'm like, oh, my. I turn to the pastor and I say, pastor, tell the, pe- tell the people that my hands are burning and if they need healing, they should come up right now. And what happened the next hour? I've never had it in my ministry anytime before this or since then. But every person that I laid hands on, and these were very brief prayers, the symptoms went away immediately. You know, sometimes, like I said, there's mystery Were they all complete healings? I don't know, but they told me all of their pain was gone, one after another, after another, after another. Now, there was what we call a kairos involved. Sometimes there are special times that is your time, that like God is moving right now. This was one of those times. Why do I know that? Because I tried to do this the rest of my time in India, and we saw a few people heal, but nothing Nothing that compared to that first time. And, and I want you to think about the man at the gate called Beautiful. The Bible says that they brought him there every day. Peter and John said, you know this guy. You know how long he's been here. You know him. You know this is a miracle. Why? Because they had walked past him. Jesus had probably walked past this guy. Why was it then? Why was it now? That's part of the, of the sovereignty of God's healing. But there are kairos times that when those doors are open, you need to jump through them. You need to respond and cooperate with what God is doing. So don't pray past the miracle. That's number two. Here's number three, last point. Normal people doing supernatural works. So Peter says this. Why are you looking at us as if this had anything to do with our power or our godliness? There was a time that Peter thought he was really godly. But that time has come and gone. <laughs> Peter is fresh off of denying Jesus three times. This, this is not about Peter. Peter's like, what? Don't, no, don't. I know what you're thinking. Don't even think it. This guy is whole because of Jesus' name. This is about the authority of Jesus, the faith of Jesus. This has nothing to do with us. Guys, this is why it should not have ever been named the Acts of the Apostles. This wasn't about them being apostles. 
This is about the acts of the Holy Spirit. That's why we've named this series, The Holy Spirit and You. God's plan is doing supernatural things through normal people. The more normal you are, the more glory God gets. Okay? It says, in faith, in Jesus' name. Here's what Jesus said. These signs will follow those that believe. Mark 16, 18. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. I'm going to take believers. Notice that it doesn't say these signs will follow apostles. Do you notice that's not what the text says? These signs are going to follow pastors. That's not what it says. It says these signs are going to follow those who believe. Regular believers are going to carry my glory in their hands and they're going to pray for people and they're going to recover. Now, a comment needs to be made here so you don't get the wrong idea. In, 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 in Acts 3.1, it's an instantaneous miracle. In Mark 16, 18, it says we're going to lay our hands on the sick and they're going to recover. That, that, the whole feeling there is not instant, is it? Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it's a recovery. How many know that it's a miracle either way? If you have a degenerative disease... If you have a a fatal disease and you get prayer and you slowly get better, how many know that that's a miracle? Even though it didn't happen all at once. And so it's, it's really important that we don't put God in a box and determine this is exactly what it's going to look like. Here's what Jesus said. This is John 14, 12. Whoever believes in me, the works that I do will he do also, and greater works than these will he do. I don't know if we have that scripture up there or not, but that's what it says, John 14, 12. He who believes in me, not not he who's special, not he who's an apostle, not he who has all the gifts of the Spirit, he who believes in me, the works I do will he do, and greater works than these will he do. And somebody always wants to know what those greater works are. And here's my feeling on it. Don't worry about the greater works. Let's do the works Jesus did. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers. Then we'll talk about what the greater works might be. Then we'll have that theological conversation. But for, why don't we just start with what Jesus did? He said, he that believes, those are the works that he's going to do. He that believes. This is the strategy. It's not the big preacher. It's not the, the American idol. It's regular people grabbing a hold that the, this is about regular people being used supernaturally by God. So here is the end of that Chris Gore story. So that first night, he is... He's talking about the ease of heaven. And he says, he says, is there anyone here? Or he didn't say it that way. He said, he said, everyone here that has lost their sense of smell or never had a sense of smell, I want you to come to the front right now. I'm looking, there's 450 people. I'm like, how's he so sure there is anybody that doesn't have a sense of smell? Seven people come up. 
Seven people in the front. Then he says this. Is there anyone here that hasn't seen a miracle? You've never seen a miracle yourself. And like three people. I mean, this is a signs and wonders conference. People are there because they believe in them. But there's three people never seen a miracle. They, they raise their hands. Chris says, I want you to come up. The miracle is going to happen through you. And so he leads them in this short prayer of healing. And then he sends an orange down the line. And five of the seven had gotten their smell back. And then he said, Jesus prayed twice. I I want us to pray for these other two again. They pray for the other two. And then somebody has, he has perfume. And he says, smell this. And both of them got, all seven of them got their smell that, that day. And, and, while that's, and while that's happening, I'm having this little mini encounter with God. God uh, we were, the teens had, had gone down to Belize before, and this time, Ron Brayton, our missionary down there, said, I want you to come with them, and I want you to do a region-wide healing service while you're down in Belize. So it's coming up this summer. And so... This is April, and while Chris is doing that, I feel like God speaks to me and says about this healing service that we're going to have, that the teenagers, do not to, they do not need to see God work through me. They need to see God work through them. That, that my, there's just a whole shift in my mentality of what, what this is going to look like. And so um, we, when we got back, the, the mission trip was in June, but we did a practice a practice night at the, at the prayer meeting, the, the, the first Tuesday night in June. And, and the kids all met in my office and the leaders. And, and I talked about we're going to wait on God for words of knowledge. And then we're going to speak them out. And then we're going to pray. And God's going to do cool things. And God did do cool things then. Um, but that was practice. We're going to Belize. And the, the, the big healing service is going to be on Wednesday night. We get there on Saturday. Sunday we go to church. We do church. We eat chicken that afternoon from a restaurant. We all ate from the same place. And we all got, keep in mind, we're going for a healing service. We all got sick. And I don't mean a little sick. I mean, it was bad. It was puking up. It was people not holding stuff down. Lots of weakness. The next day is the, is the work day. And I, I, I don't remember exactly how it went, but... Oh, at noon, there was a chance for people to not work, and so most of the people didn't work, and, but some of the guys, proving how strong they are, are going to stay, and they're going to work even though they're sick, and, and so I don't want to be left out. I'm the pastor, so I, I, I stay. I stay, and I'm going I'm to help work even though I'm sick. Mistake. Huge mistake. Because sometime during that work time, I decided to take a, a rest, and there's always bugs on the ground. So I'm on the wood pile and I fall asleep on the wood pile. Derek takes a picture of it. <laughs> this becomes the new picture of Belize in, in the future to promote it. And here's us working in Belize. And it's a picture of me snoring on a wood pile. Anyway, horrible. So Wednesday night comes. It is healing service night. This is why Ron asked me to go down there. We, I've got the, the teens and the leaders before the service, and, 
and we need to pray for the healing service. And I, I just cannot tell you the urgency I had. The problem with calling for a healing service is if no one actually gets healed, it's false advertising, one, and two, you just made it harder for people to believe for healing. It would have been better not to have the service than to have a service that's called a healing service. Nobody gets healed. Everybody leaves in unbelief. And so I am earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. I am like with all my heart, God, do something. God, speak. God, we need you to come. Everybody's going to know if you don't come. We, we need you to come and do something only you can do. And I, I just, I remember the, the urgency of that prayer. And so, so it's worship after that. And, uh, and then I'm going to come and speak. Well, it's about halfway through worship, and I have this little picture in my spirit. And it's this woman has got an infant on her hip, and she's in horrible pain in her back. And I'm like, is that God? Is that not God? It's, it's kind of dim. And I said, God, can you tell me anything more about this woman? And, and sure enough, here is the next sentence. This woman is old enough to be a grandma. She has an infant, but she's old enough to be a grandma. And so I'm like, okay, we'll, I'm, we'll, we'll do this. So I decide, since it's a healing service, I'm about to preach on healing, I'm going to start by giving this demonstration of how it works, the word of knowledge and then God healing this person. And so I have every... I have every head bowed, every eye closed. There's a woman here. You're, you've got horrible back pain. You have an infant, but you're old enough to be a grandma. Who is that? Could you just raise your hand right now? No one. No one. I am like, this is a horrible start to a healing meeting. I mean, I just can't envision a word. I now have to speak. And it's on the supernatural. It's on God doing stuff. And God just didn't do anything. And I thought he did. And so it was just, it's just bad. I mean, there's nothing you can do. So I just start speaking. And it's, it's okay. Then I bring the teenagers up. And we're going to wait on God for words of knowledge. And John Rolfsmeyer came that first year. He comes up to me. He says, Tom, give that word again. That word was right on. Give that word again. So I give the same word. And the person is Linda Brayton. She's our missionary. She had been in the nursery earlier. She was back in the service. She said, oh, that's me. She was, she, they, they had a nine-month-old baby that they had adopted, and she was a grandma. And, and she, she said, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm, I've got, I'm the back pain person. And so she comes up, and, and uh, we, we put hands on her, and short prayer, and boom, she is healed. She testifies completely healed and it's really exciting and then there's lots of words and prayer and healing and and it was amazing and so I interview Linda the next day I always like to check tell me tell me about your back and she said she said pastor Tom I I was experiencing so much back pain that I was afraid to sit down because I didn't know if I'd be able to get back up I would have to have Ron 
pull me back up. She said, when you guys prayed yesterday, she said the pain immediately left and it's been gone from that time until this time. And I would check with her every day. I'm like, still healed? Still healed. She came to the missions conference months later. Still healed? Still healed. God healed her back. And that brings me to how the worship team, no, no, worship team, stay, stay, not yet. This brings me to what happened three weeks ago, or two weeks, two Tuesdays ago. It's early Tuesday morning. I knew this message was coming. I've been praying for this message. And uh, it's right between sleep and waking up. And I get these three words. 100 backs. 100 backs. That's it. My God, do you want to heal 100 backs? Is that what this is? Nothing. And uh, so that's what we're going with. This is how we're starting the healing service. I believe God is healing today 100 backs. Maybe 100 in each service, I don't know. We had lots of people's backs get healed in the first service. We had some uh, amazing things. People came up to me and told me the things that had happened. But uh, so here, here, here's what I want to do. If you have back pain, whether you've had it for a long time, whether it's lower back, upper back, whether it's from an accident or it's chronic, whether it's degenerative, but you are suffering back pain, I'd like you to stand to your feet right now. If you are online, I'm going to encourage you online to stand up if you have back pain. All right. Here is how our little experiment works. If you are willing to be used by God to have healing go through your hands in just a moment, I am going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to join someone. I'm going to ask that it not be somebody from your family. When we've been around the same people and we've had those people pray before, we kind of lose faith. And so I want you, somebody fresh, women with women, men with men, but I want you to, if you're willing willing to be used in healing, I will give you the prayer, I will guide you through this, but you're willing to have God heal through your hands, Um, I'm going to have you in just a moment, I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you stand and find someone. Before we do that, I need everybody that is standing right now to raise your hand. If you're standing right now, raise your hand. And what I want you to do is keep that hand up until somebody comes and says, I've got you. Somebody comes and they're your prayer person because that's the only way we're going to know who's got the back thing and who doesn't. So keep the hand up. All right, now, everyone else, if you're willing to be used by God in healing and be part of this divine experiment, would you stand up right now and go find somebody, not your relative, uh, same sex, that you can pray for? Okay, we got, and we got lots of people up in the balcony. Um, so, yep, okay. And then once somebody's got you, take your hand down. So, yep, there's someone right here. Okay. We, we still need somebody right there. We still need somebody right here. 
we still need somebody up there. Does she have somebody ready to pray for her or not? Do you have somebody yet? No? All right. All right. Here she comes. Okay. Way in the back of the balcony. Nobody can even see him. He, yep. Okay. Okay. And we need somebody here. Do you have somebody to pray for you, honey? Right here? You do. Okay. You can put your hand down then. Okay. Bro, do you have somebody yet? Okay. We need a guy. All right, we got somebody there. All right, anybody, if you still have your hand up, wave, because I want somebody matched up with everybody. Anybody, anybody else, wave at me. Okay, so everybody's matched up. All right, here's what we're going to do, guys. If you are the one with back pain, we, all we need you to do is be neutral. You do not have to try to believe anything or try to do anything. You just relax, let the ease of heaven rest on you. Okay, we're going to believe on your behalf. So, but what I do need you to do, if you're the one with back pain, I need you to assess your pain one to 10. 10 would be, I'm, I'm in pain all the time and it's really bad. One is, it comes and goes and, and it's barely. Tell them, tell them right now your pain level. Assess your pain level and tell them what it is. Okay, okay, we've established the pain level. Back up here. Now, I want you to put your hand on the place where there is pain. If you are online and you've got a family member praying for you, get, get your hand. If you are watching alone online, then put your hand on your own back, right where it is hurting. But I want, I want you to go right at the very place where the pain is. Okay, are you ready? Here we go, guys. Here we go. I want you to pray this prayer out loud after me. Father in heaven, I release your healing mercy into this back right now. In Jesus' name, be healed. Muscles, bones, and nerves, be healed in Jesus' name. Pain, leave in Jesus' name. That's the prayer, okay? Hands off. I want you, if, you're, if you've got the back, test it. Test what's going on with it. Test. Do something you couldn't do. If you're feeling more movement, yep, go up and down. Do whatever you've got. Okay? Okay? Okay, I see some smiles. Some, some people are already getting touched. Now... Here's what, here's what, stay, stay where we are. Stay engaged. Here we go. If you are 100% healed, the second time all you do is say, God, thank you. Just, just praise him. If it's not completed yet, Jesus prayed twice. We're going to pray a second time. And I've learned this. A lot of times people get healed the second time. So put your hand right back where that pain was. Right back. We're contending now for everything. Okay, here's the prayer. Ready? Here we go. Father, in Jesus' name, I release your healing mercy into this back right now. In Jesus' name, be healed. Muscles, bones, and nerves, be healed. In Jesus' name, pain, go in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, test him again. Test him again. All right, guys, this is accountability time. We got accountability time right now. If you are 80 to 100% healed, I'd like you to raise your hand right now. Okay, we got hands all over. I'm checking about hands all over the balcony. Amazing, amazing. Okay, you guys, you guys can be seated. You guys can be seated. Now, now I would like the worship team to come on up. And I would like our healing teams, prophetic team, and freedom team, come on up, come on up to the front and stand across the front here. Prophetic team, healing team, and freedom team. If you want mind just coming to the front. Oh, I left my water over here. Let me grab this. And then I need to switch over to that other microphone too. So, the principle is this, is what God reveals, he heals. God knows every pain in this place. God knows every dark place. He knows every sin. He knows, he knows every way that you have been suffering. In fact, it's the fall of man that actually brought out the mercy of God. The mer- mercy, mercy is part of God. It's been part of God for all eternity. But until somebody needed mercy, we wouldn't have known it. And so his mercy is on display when we suffer. When he comes and touches us in our suffering and in our guilt and in our sin. And, and so this is mercy of God time. Now, God knows that because of how life happens and because how many times you've been prayed for and because you don't want to be disappointed, that some of you would never come up to get prayed for unless God specifically called you out, unless your condition was specifically given. And so we're going to wait on God, and we're just going to let the ease of heaven be in here, and the team will, will just speak out things that they think God is highlighting. So would you just pray with me for a moment? Lord, we earnestly desire your gifts to be in our midst. God, we want to say thank you for all of the backs that were healed, some 80%, some 100%, some got a seed that healing has begun, but all over this place, Between the two services and online, I have no question that it was a hundred backs that you you have touched. Thank you for your faithfulness. But Lord, you know every diagnosis here. You know every pain. You know every condition. You know every dark, dark place where we have been hiding. Would you come and reveal Come and reveal what you want to do. Invite people to your kairos, God. Open a kairos right now, God, where divine mercy flows. Last night I had a 
very intense dream, and it was about somebody of Asian descent who is trapped. You feel absolutely trapped by your circumstances, and it's leading to despair because you see no way out. And Jesus said that he is going to make a way where there's not a way. He's going to show you the way where there is no way. If, if that is you, I would love to pray for you personally. I don't know if, it's, if you're here in the service or online, or, but God, God is going to break off the despair that you have been under. All right, team. If you have something, just look at me and, I'll, and give me a little wave and we'll, we'll do it.